In today's installment of Unpacked. No, you're not supposed to be loving a guy. You're supposed to mm. be loving a girl. You're a boy. Are you on hormones? I'm like, yes, I'm on hormones. I would hate seeing people happy. I have always been very fascinated about certain conversations that we really haven't delved into. In my personal life, I'm just a young, black, straight South African female. And then as a broadcaster, we get to talk about stories of Caitlyn Jenner, who goes from being a man to being a woman. Now, obviously, there's so many terms and there's so many things that we can delve deep into. So I'm excited. We've got two guests who are going to be talking to us about their transgender experiences. And obviously, we will get an opportunity to walk out with a bit more knowledge and a bit more understanding, especially in the young black community in the South African context. Stay tuned. Tolang Mutsumi, known popularly as a reality star, is an unapologetic transgender woman born in Allen Ridge in the Free State. She realized as early as five that she was different to the other children. Sugezi Morgezi, known as Seal Power, describes herself as a soft and stronger black powerful rural trans woman warrior. Two fascinating and empowering stories of two very different trans women. Let's unpack. Today I'm joined by Tolang Mutsumi, who is in studio with us. Tolang, thank you for joining us. Ah, thank you so much for having me. In Kalusete Hore, transgender way, now how would you say what it is? Uh, being a transgender basically means that you identify differently from how you were assigned at birth. Mm. Like, just like me, mm. but this female that's living inside of me, mm. now I identify as a, a woman mm. because I feel more of a woman, like I'm a woman. Mm. Mm. So some people, especially in South Africa, they just assume, no, okay. How would you explain to somebody at home who doesn't understand the difference between identity and sexuality for in, in the context of your experience? Jorge, was it that you were attracted to other men as a man or you felt like a woman but you also happened to be attracted to men? Yeah, with me, I'm a woman. I've I've always felt like a woman. Mm. And with my sexuality, I've always been attracted to men. That's mm. why I'm a woman. So I'll cut a long story short. Mm. Like sexuality and Ident identity. They're two different things for mm. me. Mm. Yes. Mm. And, and because people confuse gay with a transgender, mm. Mm. those are two different things. Being gay is just you being attracted to same sex. And mm. a transgender meaning like how I explained it at mm. first. Mm. So... You were born uh, assigned as a boy. Yes. And that was what, you know, biology determined for you. Yes. At what point did you feel not in the body that you should be in? At five, a year before I went to um, primary school, mm. um, me and my mom liked watching, you know, Days of Our Lives. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Days of Our Lives had these famous characters, Bo and Hope. Mm. These two were so kindred. Mm. They were always smitten, ne? Mm. and they would kiss most of the times. I'm mm. five. So I was so attracted to Bo. Mm. <laughs> Instead of being attracted to Hope, I just knew that something was wrong because I was a boy and I had to be attracted to a girl. Mm. And then at six, when I went to um, primary school, I was attracted to this other guy that I went, that we were in the same class. Mm. And mm. I told my mom. 
So you, you what you said to mama is Kerata Bashiman. No, I like this boy. Oh, I like rata this guy. Dead boy. My mom was so ridiculed, like, no, you're not supposed to be loving a guy. You're supposed to mm. be loving a girl, you're a boy. But in my heart I felt like no. Uh, this mm. guy's just so disarming, I like him. <laughs> so what was your your what are your birth names? Uh, my my birth names are Tolang Reginald Mutumi. I hate saying Reginald. I can't even believe I said that. But I'm Reginald Mutumi. Oh, Regi. Ask I do. Okay, okay. So have you disarmed that name? You don't like it because it's a male name yes. or you don't like it because you don't like the name? No, it's a male name. Mm. It is a name that was not supposed to be for me. Mm. I feel like if... At least he had no to be so like Elisa. Elizabeth, at least make it accept. Lizbeth, why nobody Lizbeth? I say believe. Reginald is just too deep for me. I don't like the name, I'm sorry. It's not for me. So before we get to the part of now, this is how you feel. Maybe explain what your surroundings were at the time. Free start. The most prejudicial um, neighborhood I grew up in, mm. Alangrich. Mm. People mm. would swear at me, go different directions, and I'd be left mm. with the pain. And mm. I'm a kid. My mm. taxi driver used to swear at me, like, when I say, I remember. But what was that based on? Because I'm just trying to understand. If you say, Mama, I feel horror, Kerata, this boy, mm. what were you exuding that people could see on the outside that they had an issue with? Uh, that I'm a woman and. No, that I was a boy mm. and I like other boys. So you were, you were publicly liking other boys. It wasn't a secret that you were to keeping me, to yourself. To me, it was not a secret because it was, I, was, I, I was a kid mm. and I saw mm. nothing wrong. I knew that there's something unusual in this, but then mm. I could not help it. Like, it felt normal to me. Mm. So totally normal. So at what point, because now Mama's saying this is incorrect, mm. at what point did you find something that said it's okay? It first might have been all, a movie or whatever the case may be. First of all, my mom kept on accosting me continuously. Tolang, you're not supposed to be liking boys. Mm. You're supposed to be liking girls. Tolang, don't you have a boyfriend? Don't you have a girlfriend? Mm. It's a girlfriend you're supposed to be having. But you know what? I, I, I think it was like fourth grade. At, mm. I, was, I, was, I, was, I was like nine. Mm. I started realizing my love for dresses. Mm. Yeah, that's how it got worse. Mm. Like, I loved dresses, I loved makeup, I stole my cousin's mascara all the time, and I did not even know how to apply, so I just applied for the sake mm. of, yeah, for the sake of having looking, you know, feminine. I started realizing that I'm actually much comfortable in a dress. I, I, I wanted to wear a dress to school. Who was the feminine icon you looked up to? Because you already mentioned Bo and Hope as your first crush. <laughs> but who, who was the first one that represented, like, that feminine uh, feel, that feminine energy that you drew from? Yeah, at, at, at an early age, it was mm. Maria Curry. Oh, okay. I love that. I, I love that woman, like everything about her. I can't really say what I love about her. I just love that she was the woman. She wore long hair, the mm. things that I've always wanted to. And as I grew up, I started coming across Isis King. Mm. She is a transgender from America's Next Top Model. You would mm. know her. Mm. Yeah. I started noticing so many things about transgender women. Like, I, I never used to be like this. I'm sure you've seen my transformation pictures. I never used to be like this. Mm. So there was this other time when Isis was being interviewed on the Tyra Banks show. Mm. She mentioned things like hormones, mm. which were so foreign to me, like hormones. How is it that you were able to look so feminine? So I looked into that. I Googled what hormones are, and I got to uncover that actually hormones are equivalent to uh, contraceptives. 
Mm. So, so, but t take us a step back because yes. before you have access to hormones, right? Yes. You have makeup that becomes your um, connection with yes. femininity, right? Yes. Then you had had dresses. So when was it that, you know, you had that female, because you've mentioned Mariah Carey, mm. somebody in real life that you were like, I watched this person put their powder on and I wanted to, like a real life person. That's my mom. It That's was my mom. mom. My mom contributed a huge spread in, in this woman that I am today. Mm. My mom used perfume. I love perfume with all my... You can smell that I don't smell average, right? <laughs> Thank you so much. I yes. loved that woman. Mm. Like, she epitomized everything that I've always wanted to be. My mom had those feminine dresses. You know, mm. I like them long mm. and detailing. They tell people the kind of person that you are, at, you know, in terms of elegance. Mm. My mom wore long dresses. My mom wore perfume. My mom wore lipsticks. And I used to, to steal most of her lipsticks. But now she was not supportive. She was still saying, stop doing this thing. She was, she, it, she was always, you know, did not like that. Some of the stories, um, you know, I've heard of um, people who are transgender, where they would share, for example, they were women who'd say they would strap down their breasts. What are some of the things that you did, you know, beyond the makeup, beyond all of those things, where now... Your genitalia, your physicality yes. says male, but inside you feel other ways. I mean, I know there was a male who said that they would constantly tuck. Uh, mm. For those who don't know, maybe explain what does tucking mean? <laughs> for people who don't know, what does tuck? Tucking actually means that you take your genitalia, you hide it in order for you to be flat. Mm. And there is a custom made underwear for if you want to tuck. Mm. You see, if you want to tuck, if you are tucking as a transgender woman, it, you, it would usually require that you'd always be with your uh, legs closed. Yes. Yeah, that underwear. I explain why though, because somebody's thinking, why would any, I, 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 what I can share with, I remember being little with my little brother. You don't want dick prints, honey. Okay, okay. So, you know, we, we always have to, um, keep for the viewer at home who doesn't know what any of this terminology yes, is, right? Yes, so, yes. For me, the only reason I knew about tucking is because when we were little, like in the bath, that uh, you'd have your little brother and your cousin saying, <laughs> how do you look like that? You know, it was always a game. And mm. then they play and pretend to be girls, mm, right? Mm, mm, mm. But that didn't mean anything more than that moment. Yes. So why then would you, other than wanting to mimic or to feel a certain way, why would you say, okay, I need to tuck for X reason? Is it because you want to be in a bikini and you want to look flat, for example? In most cases, it's because I'm not comfortable with the sexual organ that I have. Mm, mm. I am not comfortable. Like, I feel I'm a woman, but mm. why should this genitalia still be mine? Why should it be attached to me? Why should it be here? Mm. I feel so self-conscious, even mm. looking at myself in the mirror. I usually go for, you know, half mirrors that do not show yes. the rest of the body because I'm really? so self-conscious. Yes. Mm. And in most cases, I don't tuck because I want to hide everything. I'm tucking because I, I wish I could get rid of it just one day. Mm. Mm. I, I think that's important to know and understand because for some people, it might feel like a joke, a gimmick. Hence, I was making reference to that thing of, oh, it's so funny, you're trying to be a girl. But... That is a reality that you face. So is this something you do, even if you're not leaving the house, you're just by yourself, you just don't want to experience having a penis, having testicles that you can see that represent who you don't feel like you are? Turkey marries you. 
it, it becomes you? it becomes second nature. You mm. even tuck when you go to sleep. You tuck the first thing when you wake up. Mm. You want to tuck because like the thought of having this thing hanging and it hangs. Yeah. Well, the thought of it having having <laughs> hanging, it's just disturbing to your mind. So let, let me get then a bit raw. Mm. Seeing as you speak about hanging, mm. you identify with being a woman. Now you're still a sexual being. You have hormones. At some point when you were growing up you would have experienced an erection, mm -hmm. which in mm -hmm. my mind, I would assume feels worse than just having the hanging, like what you were saying. What, was the, what is that experience like for you? Uh, I got accustomed to it, you know, from being on the internet, seeing people like me, seeing transgenders, that it's actually usual. But because it has been so many years of taking hormones, it sort of like kills the erection. Mm. I do not get it as much as I used to before being on hormones. It has been like seven years on hormones now. So what, what was your first experience like? You had your first erection, you're a kid. Was it a horrifying experience? Was it traumatizing? I felt annoyed. Mm. I felt annoyed, like, why should this be? Mm. And you know, the fact that I could, I, I could talk to someone about it just decimated my mind. I did not want to think of telling anyone. I thought to keep it to myself because it's embarrassing. Mm. Why should I be a girl and have an erection? Mm. Mm. Okay, so now you said that you're being ostracized in your community. What was your school experience like? Because at some point, the boys and girls' mm. toilets are separate. Mm. And you're being told, what was that experience like? That experience was like the worst experience ever. But you know, um, standing up for yourself. In primary school, I had no voice because I was still a kid. Mm. I started developing a voice in high school because that's when this woman inside me started to resonate now. Mm. Like, Tolang, mm. I'm here and I'm here to stay. That's when I was able to stand up and advocate for myself. Mm. Like, I, I, you might see me as a boy. You might think I'm mm. a boy. You might know that I'm a boy. But deep inside lives a woman. And I feel I'm entitled to be, to be using those girls, um, the mm. ladies, because I'm, I'm that much of a lady. I'm mm. not going to be any harm to them because I'm one of them. Mm. And... What if they do something to me because they're mm. going to be enticed? Because, honey, I'm hot. <laughs> I, I was seriously I'm going hot. to ask that question is, do you feel fearful when you go? Like, which is the more, um, the heavier feeling? Is it the one of, I'm, I'm afraid of what might happen if I'm in a men's toilet mm. as a woman? Or is the feeling that I don't belong here? It's the feeling of belonging, really. Yeah. I don't belong there. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I don't belong in anything that has to do with male. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if it, like, if you feel me, I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. So, okay, now you've gone through this, this uh, experience. You go to high school. You speak up for yourself. Mm -hmm. How did the school respond? Did they eventually just leave you? Were you the nuisance that they kept calling your mom to high try and deal with you. High school was so amazing. I cry all the time that I get mm. to think of my high school teachers. I'm not even really sure where they got the education because it was far back and people were not mm. uh, adequately, you know, educated about the mm. LGBTI. You know what the headmaster said? Mm. Because mm. I went to school in a dress just one day. Because I felt like I could not take it. Yeah, anymore. uniform, Kappa, just uniform. Uniform. One nowhere. And I just thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, everyone was like so shocked. Why are you in a dress today? Mm. So the teachers did not know me because I was fresh. I, I, I was a fresher from primary mm. school. Mm. And the rest of all these other kids knew me and they told the teachers. Mm. And that's when the teachers called my mom. So mm. my mom could, you know, confirm what I really was. Mm. 
Yeah. After that confirmation, my mom really told them that my name is Reginald mm. because I omitted the name. I hated it so mm. much. That's when the headmaster told them that this kid is actually smart. You should mm. leave leave her to be what she wants mm. to be, and she should do whatever she. I was I was I was like I was so happy. Mm. Mm. It was so heartwarming. I did not even expect that. I expected mm. you know so much oppression because these people were old fashioned and they mm. did not know anything. So my high school was the best thing ever. Did you have siblings growing up? No, I'm the only one actually. The the only one. Do you I'm think that one. having siblings would have made a difference? Whether it was an older brother, a younger sister, do you think it would have made uh, your upbringing possibly better? If anything, the fact that I was the only one at home made me stronger. And if I would, would have to do it again, I would do it again. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I got to learn to stand up for myself. I got to learn to say no to so many things that people did to me that were prejudicial. Mm -hmm. I learned to have a voice on my own. Like, to long, there's not going to be anyone here to defend you. So if you can't defend yourself, you are mm -hmm. as good as defeated. Mm -hmm. So I'm very happy that I got to be the only one at home. Because Okay, so now you, you, you discovered hormones yes. and you're hearing this thing of, oh, there's something you can do to actually adjust your features. Yes. Talk me through that moment. Was it like an aha, exciting moment or was it, okay, I need to do research. Is it, tell me about that moment for you where a person is explaining uh, what they were able to do. It was after uncovering that I see looks that feminine because, yo, I used to look so manly before. Mm. I said, belief. So mm. I had veins. Mm. I was very uh, manly. Mm. And then after uncovering what Isis said, I Googled. You know Google will take you anywhere. Mm. And then going to the team, because I was still living in the free state. Mm. And then, yeah, clinic in Kiloko, but you know, you have a blend of two days. But a government, yeah, Billy, Romela, or Bastadio, Basketball, pregnant, ticket contraceptives. They use for a certain reason. So I know you are not entitled to having them. That's how they shunned me. So luckily, I got to come to Joburg and I had a medical aid from my mom. Like, my mom made a medical aid for me. So that's how easy it was for me to, you know, have access to hormones. So you are seven years into hormones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, is it seven? I started them in 2013. 2020, it's, it's about seven years. Yeah. It's about seven years. Yes. Talk us through what that physical transformation is because now you start, and I'm sure they, they, they take you through some counseling as well. Yeah. So talk us through what that is. And maybe even before you get there, tell me what is the so called screening process? Yeah. You, you know, to, for them to say, because as far as I understand, they'll say, we want to be sure that you are sure mm. this is what you want to do. Mm. So what is that counseling screening process that you, like, guys, I know, I've been knowing, and then the mm. part where you start taking them and what that journey was like? I think they, they, they trying to, they establish, mm. like, if you really, 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 really have to go to hormones mm. or you just someone that's just, you know, coming across gender dysphoria mm. and they ask you so many questions like uh, the, Be the, the question before we even please please explain gender dysphoria because it's uh, very important yes. what is gender dysphoria so when that you're confused that's when you confused. i explain it like that when you're mm. confused as a like say you're a man and mm. you love other men you love women you do not know what the, what that is called it's it's it's, it's being bisexual now we know mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. then gender dysphoria it's actually a broad term, but I refer to it as, you know, being gender confused. 
So as in you've been assigned a particular gender, but you're not sure if it's the gender you want to keep or if you want to change. Is mm, that what you mean? Mm, mm. So in essence, you go to the counseling session for them to ascertain Jorge. Yes. You're not confused. This is actually what you Yeah, they, they're okay. trying to establish if you're really suitable for taking those hormones. So now they've established, they've gone through the process. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's counseling sessions. It's counseling, How yes. long is this process? It's like two weeks, two, yeah, two weeks. Mm. Sure, she assesses you for like two weeks. Wow. And she asks you the same questions that are so annoying. I feel like... Like what? I want to kill you. Like what? <laughs> like, are you attracted to women? Mm. Like, uh, would you ever want to have sex with a woman? Mm. You know, annoying questions like that that are so rhetorical. I'm like, what would I do with a woman? I'm a woman. <laughs> and what... What would you, because it's interesting, if, if we use the Caitlyn Jenner story, because it's such a big story. Mm. Caitlyn Jenner um, transitioned, and that's the term that she used, to a yes. woman, but she still chose to be with women. I know. You know what I mean? So can you see why it can be confusing mm. for people, mm. that gray area? Because now people are saying how. We thought you want to be a woman, but mm. you said you're straight. So, no. When I was a man, I was straight. I was married to a woman. And people, now I'm a woman, but I still love women. And people get to be confused. Like, it mystifies them. Even I, as an LGBTI person, these things, I, I, I don't know the rest of them. Yeah. They still confuse me. Even the Caitlyn Jenner story, when I heard it, mm. I was actually confused. Like, what's happening? Like, mm. what? Mm. Yeah, mm. I, it still confuses me as well. But then okay. with me, yeah, that's more than I can say for myself. I love mm. men. Mm. Honey, mm. I love that. <laughs> Thank okay. you. So you start taking hormones. What is that process like? Just so, make it real for a person mm. as to there are these things, while the positive things you want are happening, there are horrible things that are happening, but mm. it, it ends up being worth it. Taking the hormones, I took so much excitement from taking hormones my first week. Like, mm. you have to take one. Is it injections? Is it oral pills? I started, I started with injections. Mm. Yeah, there's this other guy that liked me. That was why he took me for injections. But then, you know, the side effects were just, like, overly, overly, like, I could not take them, so I went for pills. Like, mm. what are the side effects? Give us I vomit example. all the time. I can't stand, I can't stand the smell, the scent mm. of anything. Like, you vomit all the time, you get to be moody. I'm a, I'm a colorful person. I'm a bubbly person that's mm. always happy. And I would, I, I would uh, be moody most of the times. I would hate people. Mm. I would hate noise. I would hate seeing people happy. And wow, that's heavy. That's very heavy. Yeah. And I had pain. Mm. It was painful here. Mm. Yeah. Is I, that from the injections? Or from just both, side effects? From both of okay. them. Yeah. You get to have a pain here. I'm not even really sure what that pain is. I'm, well, I assume it's gall, gall stones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are these things called gall, gall stones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the side effects are very disturbing, really. But then as you get to go with the process, it gets to be, you get to be accustomed to everything. So the, maybe um, share with everyone, because the most obvious physical change would be breasts, right? Uh, and it takes a year for those to grow. So your breasts start to grow, and, and uh, obviously we're not speaking about this from a medical standpoint. It's more from your experience. Mm -hmm. It's estrogen and something that's lowering your testosterone levels. Mm -hmm. So what are the other features and changes that you noticed in your body? I started getting soft, sweetie, these legs, mm. the feet. Mm. You know, the, um, I used to have veins. Mm. They mm. are no longer there. Mm. The face started to get softer. Mm. and more feminine. Mm. I started to look pretty altogether. 
all right, all right. Okay, so. But that was like three, two years down the mm. line. I started noticing. And even this friend of mine from Varsity told me, like, Tolang, you never used to be like this two years ago. I'm not even really sure if I'm, 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 I'm overseeing things, but you never used to be like this two years ago. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm. And you sweat a lot. When you're on hormones, you sweat, sweat, sweat a mm. lot. Mm. Yeah. And she's like, are you on hormones? This, uh, this, this kid was educated. Mm. Mm. She's like, are you on hormones? And I never told anyone, are you on hormones? I'm like, yes, I'm on hormones. I'm, that is why you look so feminine because you mm. used to be so manly. And even the skin, no pimples. Like you have to have this nice skin that I have now. Mm. And mm. even the beards, you shave less. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna come <laughs> back to this, right? So now we are going to be joined via video con with Siuketi Muiketi. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Welcome to the show. Yes. Now I I nearly said that. Ah, uh, no, reting, reting. I I nearly said that. Um, you know, I'm being very careful about how I use words like transition, because we we are still at a point where we're just establishing and getting a basic understanding of each of the transgender experiences. You know, we've already been speaking to Tolang, so maybe we can start with your story of um, when you realize that you are not in the body you want to be in, what that experience was, did you have the right support around you to get to the point where you are now? Okay. <laughs> So beautiful. Thank there you, you got it. You're pretty too. You are Absolutely pretty too. Black trans magic. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Luena, I was really, you know, you're black or magic. You're always serving. So, thank, thank you also you. for inviting thank me um, and cultivating a community first and foremost, um, especially during these stressful times for everyone, um, you know. So my name is Seoketi Mooketi, but I also go by Seo Power, mm. um, which I absolutely believe that I, I'm absolutely powerful um, because my entire body is a personal and a political tool that I had to use to navigate, I had to use to survive, I had to use to realign myself. And because I did not have the language growing up in rural Bukwenibu Pirima, in a very small white patriarchal supremacist anti-black anti-queer anti-trans woman um in a small town called swazarenica it was so traumatic guys but we it is what it is Magic did you say swazarenica did you say swazarenica um, okay yeah yeah mm, yeah mm. so i mean so obviously growing up in in rural bukonibu pirima i'm trying to navigate space trying to, you know, establish myself, trying to really re relocate um, what is language, because also I didn't even have language in Okonobupirima, because yeah, I am probably like a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 16-year-old, so okay, still mimicking space, wondering how do I navigate space with assuring myself that, you know, so Kitsi, you are aligned with your gender identity. There was nothing for us. There was no reference point. All there was, there was, you know, books that was heavily published from a heteronormative language, which obviously we know that with heteronormative language, the language itself is extremely isolating because it does not encapsulate of other various identities within the space, right? So growing up and not having a language to express myself in totality and and, and mimicking and wondering, so are you confused? Like, 
batho ba go botsa go iregelang ka wena o mushimane o nwanyana go iregelang ka wena like nkeng ka re go bitse can you actually can you actually share with us what gender were you assigned at birth and what was the name you were given and did you decide to keep that name because you felt it applied to who you feel you are or should be or did you change it because in in the case of Tolang there is a Reginald which has now fallen away yeah yeah which is a dead name right mm. um so i was assigned a boy at birth um obviously by um heterosexual cisgender heterosexual male doctor um but i guess also that i have a very i have a huge problem i have a huge problem with that right because i i think not only is that erasing and suffocating of the trans narrative because i feel like if you're going to be like you know um, assigning a sex to a child without really asking for consent or without really creating language for them as much as the language itself because heteronormative language has a girl and a boy but when we speak about a gender neutral language that is you know encompassing of various identities i think it was extremely important for the doctor to really take into cognizance that you know um you know creating a space creating you know a community because if you're going to be assigning a sex of and a boy you're not only creating just gender dysphoria but you just also perpetuating to the stereotype that black you know as a black child you can never really grow up and and really like celebrate and elevate your, your identity can i can i can i ask a question then because you are touching on something that is important obviously people that are not a part of the lgbtiq plus community or um have taken you know the opportunities to get to learn more about the community this concept is far fetched to your average south african it's as simple as there is a penis you know the doctor waits to see what is between the legs even with you know 3d and 4d that um you can do with a the sonar they always say do we want to know if it's a boy or if it's a girl so if i understand correctly and mind you i get where you're coming from because um i'm assuming at some point as a basic on a basic human level we can all acknowledge that if somebody's telling you you are this but you believe you are something else there is conflict right now this is something that the world over is Absolutely. doing not to say it's right or to say it's wrong it's to say when you saw a penis this is male and when you saw this this is female right when we we look so are you suggesting that you want to see a world you want to see a south africa where we apply gender neutral um uh, tones even in the medical field when a child is born because it's one thing for a clothing company to say we're no longer going to feed into gender stereotypes to say girls clothes must be pink and boys clothes must be blue you are saying you want to see a world where a boy or a girl is born but you don't say it's a boy it's a girl you say it's a baby and then we all say yay and we celebrate and we yeah, wait for the child to grow up and choose what they want away is that what you're saying Absolutely that's what I'm saying because when you look at it um uh, my sister um the world is becoming genderless and it's genderless and I think also understanding that you know in recreation or in construct and deconstruct of language we need to understand that 
we, you know, um, creating spaces for trans people is extremely important because not only have you ever, ever been catered to, but we continue to be the most underrepresented group within society. So, I mean, I'm not just saying that we need to have gender neutral language, but I'm also, I'm also I'm saying that put people into positions of power, put queer, trans, gender diverse people into positions of power and understand that and maybe trust them and understand that their word is more important by creating an information gap because that strengthens civil society and organizations, right? But if you're going to like just create a, a language that is extremely favoring of a particular group, which is the heterosexual community, not only are you erasing, but suffocating a population that is already suffocated, right? I think language, because it's critical. Um, one thing that I can use, for example, is that because so there was no heavy gender pronouns that my grandmother would use because so mamaka was like you know a staunch leader and really did not even you know prioritize you know issues of gender identity or identity politics she knew me as her child she celebrated and elevated me as her child she really did not even impose um, me having to choose my gender pronoun. And yes, um, I still use, say, okay, it's, it's Tepo. My dad, um, people say it's a dead name, but it's not a dead name. Mm. Tepo is my name. I'm still very, um, very open and very, um, um, you know, um, affirming of it because it's a name that it both carries my personal and political story. And it was a name that was given by my grandmother. And I absolutely celebrate it. I think it's extremely important to understand that there's a certain group of trans women who are going to prefer to not use that dead names. That title we call it dead naming. I don't want to like impose that. I still celebrate and elevate Tepo because Tepo is trust and hope. And also understanding that there's a portion of trans women who are going to use their own preferred names mm. along with their, their, their past names. You know, uh, you actually made me think about something. I mean, to, to somebody sitting at home, they might think, oh, it's two transgender people sitting, you know, having this conversation. But your stories are actually so completely different. The fact that you felt, you know, you don't want this name, you don't mm. identify. Mm. And, you know, it's uh, for just from the way that you speak, we can hear you're quite an activist in your journey. It's a, and it's important that you translate certain messaging regarding the community. Now, it's so difficult. And I'm not going to speak for myself. I'm going to try and keep it for the general. I am a reader, I, I'm interested in content, so I think I'm a bit more advanced than most people in terms of the subject matter. For you know, how do you explain to Ngono who, this concept just does not make sense, respectfully to them, where the intention is not to hurt, to harm, or to ostracize, it possibly might be fear of, I can't comprehend that you're this. And now, not yeah. only may you be choosing a, a, a gender that, how? But doesn't it just mean you're gay? Doesn't it mean you're drag? Doesn't it mean, you understand what I'm, I'm, I'm saying? So how do we go to those Captain. basic levels to explain a concept that is so complex and layered? I mean, um, I, I'm still going to 
take us back to language, Auswaka. Um, I don't know if you remember, because you are an absolute avid reader. Um, this must fall, right? Remember when we took to the streets and we fought for an avid equality, free education for all sexes and, and, and you know, um, identities within the space, right? That was us literally going to the streets to say that can also language and can also bodies that are different in the space be included mm. because we were constantly demonized from the space. We were constantly segregated from the space. There was a heterosexual face must fall versus a queer transgender non-binary face must fall, which on its own created so much sanctions ar around the community, right? So hence, it's important to create a language. I think going to understanding that the, if the space itself is a safe space for me to engage, for me to educate, for me to share my lived experience with someone, then it's something that I could really like, you know, engage and allow myself. Because problem is that we want to teach people, but we want to also make teaching become valuable even in violent spaces. I think don't send a trans person to a space that you know that their body is going to be vulnerabilized, is going to be invisibilized, and is further going to might even encounter like you know um, um you know like physical violation, right, or transphobic violence, right. Send them to that old parent umurori. Because problem have conversations with my body and I, I ask Corey, so kids, what would happen if the world as a community, as, as a population, we do not have eyes? Would we still encounter rape and rape culture? Mm. Would we still rape, would, would we still encounter transphobia, sexism, misogyny? Would we? Because I really don't think we would, but because of how we've been conditioned from a hetero patriarchal system, now the work for us is extremely hard mm. because just for me to go to a typical rural Bukoni Bupirima and sit a 70-year-old Omama, I can't do that mm. because the space itself has always been so invisibilizing and because language was never in construction and in favor of me. There are so many issues that have not been truly unpacked. And it is important that if I say I'm going to unpack a discussion, we do get an opportunity to do so. So do know we will revisit this, especially when it comes to transgender women, transgender men, and so many of the issues that are faced by the community at large. And I hope that you can also assist in participating in the conversation. Share your story. The details are on your screen. Get in touch with us. And hopefully we can reach a place where all of us have unpacked everything and we're just a lot more tolerant, a lot more understanding and respectful of who everyone is. Thank you for watching. Next time on Unpacked, the two of you as two transgender individuals can walk into a room and also possibly offend each other. Even the LGBTIs, we, 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 we are judgmental towards each other. When and how should a trans person come out, so to speak? And should they? Pretty, I'm a girl, just as much of a girl as you are. Ooh.
That's Unpacked with Rilebukhile Maboja. New episodes weekdays at 5.30pm on my YouTube page. Don't forget to subscribe. Television edited broadcast weekdays at 5pm. Open up with S3.